that's the truth. That's the truth. So I'm just going to go right into it. And, uh, you know, as soon as we're done, I'm just going to take the file. I'm recording us. And I'll take this file and I'll upload it to Facebook. So it will be something that we can share widely from there. Um, and something else I can do, though, is go live on my phone while we're talking. <laughs> Good idea. So we can get them every way we can. <laughs> so. And Margaret McDonald tagged me in a post. It just told me that. <laughs> So what's happening, Dave Arcari? Uh, welcome to both my podcasts. So I'm going to put these on Life Music and the Pursuit of Answers, and I'm going to put this on The Working Circle. The latter one is uh, something basically designed to help uh, other independent musicians find their way through our interesting world of, of being an independent <laughs> musician, which has become a thousand times more interesting now that we have a pandemic. So it's... Uh, now, because of technical difficulties, as you said, when it happens, it doesn't happen halfway. It is uh, now about 12.15 in Chicago. It's 6.15 Glasgow mean time. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, 14 minutes past six. You're on the banks of Loch Lomond. So you were out taking a walk today. Oh, you said you were taking a walk by Loch Lomond. Loch Lomond, as we call it, right? Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky to live here. We're right on the eastern shores of, of Loch Lomond. And, uh, well, today has been a bit slow. It's been the, the, the day after the night before because I did a full-length live, live stream concert last night, which uh, went pretty good, and uh, I'm suffering for it today. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was, was most of the day has been spent uh, writing thank yous, notes to all the people that, that made donations and showed their support. And uh, I realized that it was quite a nice day here and our clocks changed at the weekend. I don't know if you, you have some time. We do that, yeah. We, we uh, spring forward in March. We, we move it forward an hour. There's a lot of argument whether we ought to even be bothering anymore. They did that for farmers and that's only 2% of our population anymore. You know, but yeah, we <laughs> did that a couple of weeks ago. And you always lose the hour, therefore, you know, and then it takes a week to catch up. Well, it's a kind of similar debate uh, here as well, but it was it was Saturday night that the clocks went forward, and uh, so I, I was went away out for a walk. You know, I had, had some merch orders to put in the post box, and of course the whole place is like a like a ghost town. There's only thirty people live in this village, and uh, nobody's out and about, and there's no tourists allowed. So I I went out, thought I'll go out for a half an hour walk. And I went out for a walk and it was beautiful and I'm trying to recce places that I can maybe uh, film a video for. I've got a single out next month and then another one coming in May. So I've done the video for April, but I need to get a video shoot together for the single that's coming in May. And I think I found some good spots where I want to do it. And uh, I'm looking around and then I, I don't know what made me look at my watch. But because it was bright sunlight, I thought ah, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. But it wasn't <laughs> like um, it was like ten to six, and I was still twenty minutes away from home. So uh, <laughs> I had a bit of a mad panic. <laughs> uh, and 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 you know, I'd make sure the world waited waited for you, man. Uh, <laughs> Dave, the first time we we first met when I lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, five right. hours north of Chicago, where I am now. You came through there, played a show seen you since then we've kept in regular contact we even played a show together 
uh, here in Chicago, uh, November of 2018 now, a year and a half ago almost. Wow. Yeah, I know. Seems like a month ago. I know, it does. It's, it's, you know, well, that's the thing. When you get to be our age, 40, uh, <laughs> the years get a little bit smaller part portion of your overall lifespan, so they go quicker. In that same show, actually, my, my set on that show, the sound engineer does, did such a great job. My my uh, my set from that particular show, I just you know t- split up the tracks and and put it out there as a live uh, a live album, live at Uncommon Ground. Yeah. It's all your fault, you know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, now, one one place. Yeah, it is. And they have two locations. They're both shut down now, of course. In Chicago, we're in a shelter-in-place order. Um, so whenever people get to listen to the, the the podcasts that come of this, we were recording it at the time of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, yeah. and the U.S. has just surpassed anybody else with the number of cases. We have about 150,000. There are 40,000 in... Uh, New York City, they, they sent in a, a Navy hospital ship to offer more beds. They're turning Central Park into a hospital. And uh, uh, it is, it is, it's frightening. And that, that's one of the, the biggest things that, that, you know, we're dealing with really is the question of fear. Um, you know, it took me four stores to find toilet paper the other day, you know, because people are starting to hoard and they're freaking out. We're allowed to go outside. It's not martial law or something. You just we're we're, we're you know told to please keep your distance. Um, in yeah, Chicago, we're, we're allowed to, we're only allowed out for shopping, right? Or to pick up medicine. Yeah, and that that's pretty much you know they've they've got this rule where you're 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 allowed out to for one one bit of exercise a day, and you're not to go more than two miles from your home, because what was happening here last week? I mean, we've been in kind of lockdown for. A week and a half, and but last weekend up where we live, I've never seen the place so busy, because everybody thought they'll come out the city and, gosh, shit, man. <laughs> anyway, it's all stopped now. The place is like a ghost town. Yeah, and you're and you're uh, in a small village outside Glasgow, yeah. But, yeah, but... we're about twenty-five miles north of Glasgow, on right on the eastern shores of Loch Lomond. Ah, I got it. Yes, I've seen pictures when you've shared them. It always seems like it's raining or cloudy when you when I see the pictures. <laughs> well, look, uh, just, just, uh, I don't know. Uh, you're maybe not going to because we've got that background thing going, but the sun's shining today. <laughs> well, see, and that you don't want to show anybody that that will ruin the uh, the image people have of Scotland. You know that it's rainy uh, and, and cloudy and windy, and you know, and it, it's and and you know. And when you say it's a nice soft night, they 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 think you mean it, you know. <laughs> so, so in, in Chicago, we have, uh, or in, in Illinois, the state we're in, we have five thousand cases. Uh, Ten days ago, we had seven. So it's, well, so it's accelerating very quickly. Yeah, you know. So and there's. Uh, Every musician in town, I talked to a, a guy yesterday, he had 28 gigs canceled, you know, so all of a sudden everybody's unemployed. Now, yeah. um, you know, in the UK, so Glasgow's Scotland, Scotland's UK, at least for now, and uh, you, you, uh, you have built into place social programs that, uh, that people can immediately turn to, yes? Uh, financially you mean financially yeah Uh, well it's not really last week they announced uh, the government announced things for self-employed people but it's it's not going to nobody is going to get anything until into June and it doesn't really take into account the kind of nature of somebody that I mean we make our I'm a 100% independent Yep. musician, songwriter, and it doesn't really take into account what everything is so up and down regularly. It, it, the system doesn't really understand the, the the nature of 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 our income and and how it works. Um, so it's it's not really. I don't think it's. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much not holding out any hope for much help, if any, from that. So I'm just having to really hope that um 
the the public. I mean, we're we're lucky in the UK that we we get probably much better performance royalties than you do in the USA. Um, I didn't know that. That was good to know. Um, I, we I get performance royalties for pretty much every gig. Um, anything that's classed as a music venue that is somewhere that's that's ticketed and holds more than you know, hundred people and relies on their on mu live music as their main thing. In other words, they're not primarily a bar or primarily a restaurant. They're primarily a live music venue. The PRS collects about three percent, I think it is, of the ticket money or the gate, and oh, wow. distributes. Um, and of that three percent, two and a half percent of it is distributed amongst the songwriters uh, of the material performed. So, for instance, I might get a gig of uh, gigs with people here like uh, Toby Keith, Steve Earle, uh, quite a few big names. Now you're you're playing a show with a, a ticket price of sixty or seventy pounds, and there's two and a half thousand people there. Right. So you just it doesn't take rocket science. A nice paycheck, yeah. Well, two and a half percent of that is distributed between myself and Steve Earle. And, uh, you know, he maybe played an hour and a half and I played half an hour. We both played all our own stuff. So I'm in a quarter of that two and a half percent of the gate. But I mean, that often runs in four figures, things like that. So even if you're only getting paid a few hundred quid for the, for the actual show. And I played Glastonbury Festival in the UK a few years ago now. The fee wasn't brilliant. We did have... Uh, backstage camping and catering and, and passes for the two of us for the whole event and everything we needed. Uh, but the actual fee wasn't huge, but the PRS money from that was, because I had I played about four different slots over three days, and uh, the PRS money was, you know, the, the fee becomes completely insignificant here. And also we get airplay, you know, we get royalties from radio airplay, right. which you tend not to get because there's so much community and college radio and true yeah. we get all our local radio bbc stations you get played on there you you pick up you know you pick up odds and sods of uh, royalties from radio airplay from jukeboxes from you know i mean i've signed up to this ami in the usa that does the jukeboxes over your way I don't really get very much from them but in the uk you know there are the, the, the income streams are are possibly more lucrative and more varied than they are for you guys, I think. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. So we, we can send our set list in to, uh, so I can send my, send my set list to BMI. And if the venue pays BMI, ASCAP or CSAC dues, I can get a piece of, uh, I can get a royalty from that. If, it, uh, right. if they do not pay dues, then BMI is going to come, you know, break their windows or legs or something until they pay their dues. So the, you have, I like to be polite about it, regardless of what anybody may think of venues and the way they treat artists. We don't need to be shutting them down. So no. I try to make sure that when I do that, it's a venue that I know is actually paying those dues. Sometimes it may be a cafe. They're just bringing music in. They, can't they, they don't feel they can afford the dues. They ask you to play just original material, and that's usually the indicator then that they are not uh, paying dues. If it's a large venue and they're not paying dues, I don't really have a big problem getting them in trouble because they can afford it, you know? But, <laughs> you know, so. but yeah, the, 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 the numbers you're talking about are, are much more considerable than what we get. Uh, one, one way that I uh, uh, push for more, that where I can get more royalties is actually through YouTube. So anytime that my music is used on somebody's uh, video, and of course I use it on, on any instructional video or anything else that I do, I put my music on there, and literally within 10 minutes, I get a, an email that there's a copyright claim by my PRO, uh, uh, Performing Rights Organization, to uh, claim that copyright, and thereby every time the video plays, I get paid. And YouTube is the biggest radio station in the world now. But you're right about community radio and stuff. I have to sign constant disclaimers when people want to play my music that I won't come after them for royalties if I want my music played. Um, <laughs> you know, and that, that seems kind of kind of crazy if, if you're a community interest and you're not necessarily doing a lot for the community. But yeah, that's the way that's the way we're, we're set up here. I don't know. Uh, it's why I'm an independent artist and have been all my career. 
That's why I never pursued a major record deal. Early on, I researched it, and I think I, I, I quickly deduced I wanted more than the 3% that a major record label would, would give me. And yeah. now, you know, with the, with, the, uh, with the way the world is now, where, you know, as independents, we can get our music into sync licensing, into movies and film and TV. Uh, and now that more than half of the income on the planet uh, in the record in the, from recorded music is actually going to guys like you and I, uh, that's a whole lot of $20 payments to independent artists, man. Uh, well, certainly you're... Um the, the, the sync market, especially for TV in the USA, is a lot better. I do a fair bit of music for um production company over here, publishing company and production company over here. And the, the, the problem is that all the, the STV or independent TV and BBC, they all have blanket agreements. So when your stuff gets used on the television here, it's not really very lucrative. Um, it's okay. I mean, you get you get paid for it, and it, it's it's a nice little you know ongoing on the back burner stream, but you you know it's not like getting on Weeds or Grey's Anatomy or right. or any of the, the 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 big shows in the the states yeah. that seem to have a much more lucrative um, sync. They they do. They're also very very particular about what they want and. Uh... Uh, but the, yeah, there's because of streaming now, there, there are something like 40 times as many shows. We have 20 shows being filmed in Chicago. Well, nothing's being filmed in Chicago right now. But when they get back up and running, there's 20 shows being filmed in Chicago. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we have access right here to music supervisors because their production houses are, are here as well. And uh, when you do get picked you know when they do grab you uh yeah the paychecks can be pretty considerable and of course they're paying you to advertise you, you can't beat that you know yeah uh, and then we have uh and now we're talking before we before we uh started started this officially before i hit the record button you know and i'm i'm for uh you know hey darren uh i've got people watching on my on my phone so i'm going live facebook folks on my phone because Due to a technical difficulty, Zoom didn't want to send me to Facebook Live today after several tries, and I didn't want to eat too far into Dave Arcari's evening. So if you can, and I see, yeah, I see Tom Wallace is watching from this end as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, yeah, I see, I see, I see, yeah, I see. Dave Arcari is watching, and I just for fun, I'm going to wave at you. So I wave, I wave. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're down here. It's crazy. We're everywhere. So uh, there's also oh. endorsements and, and affiliates. Oh, there, We're there I am. That's, visual feedback. that's just <laughs> video feedback. I'm going, it's like infinity of fill. It's too much. Um, Darren, you're right. Zoom is still awesome. Um, I use it for a lot of teaching and stuff. Uh, so two other, two other income streams, Dave. Uh, one, uh, uh, I just mentioned teaching, but I was going to first move into, I see on, on your screen there, you have Smokehead. Uh, is that an Islay? Uh, it is. It's a, a single malt, Isla single malt. Um, sister company to uh, Glen Goyne, which is our local distillery here in Loch Lomond. And you might, I think probably, did, did we have some Glen Goyne with us when I came and played with you on Common Ground? I think you may have, yeah. yeah. Uh, that tour, you know, Glen Goyne had been very, very good to us. The, the last album, the live album that uh, put out the... They've always been very supportive, and it's not like there's huge amounts of you know cash changing hands, or it's not really like sponsorship. It's just more like I was helping them out, and they would help me out. We we both valued each other's audiences and the, the overlap. And when we did the launch, certainly of the Live at Memorial Hall album, uh, Glenn Goyne did the the press and media industry launch event which was absolutely amazing. We could never put something like that together ourselves. And they did a special bottling as well. Uh, right. And there's probably still some bottles kicking about with, with my label on it. Um, anyway, last year, um, we did various things. I mean, they, they'd asked for World Music Day a couple of years back. I've got a song called Whiskey In My Blood. And they asked, uh, they, they liked the, the song. 
and uh, they asked if I would go on World Music Day and film a video at the distillery of, of me playing that song, and we'd punt yeah. it out. But um, <laughs> what what the, the the corporate powers that be, the, the song doesn't really promote sensible drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but <laughs> yes, you right. I do, but that's not what the song's about. Yeah, I I have a, no I have a song, I have a song. Pass me another, and yeah, it's all about drinking and 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 sex. I'm a happily married sober man, but I'm still writing <laughs> those songs. You know, it's still it's still music. It's supposed to be, an, you know, an enjoyable time here. You know, um, well. You know, after that, I, I actually did a, there's a banjo release, a single that came out a couple of years ago called uh, Whiskey Trail. So that was much more in keeping I'm with uh, Glenn, Goyle, Glenn Goyne's brand values and stuff. Although it doesn't mention them in the song, it, it reflects uh, their history and it is largely the Glenn Goyne song. Anyway, to cut a long story short, or make it longer than it should be, I uh, last year um, we had a national resophonic uh, had decided that there was going to be a Dave Arcari signature model. And this was going to be launched in San Luis Obispo, California, where they're based, uh, at the beginning of my summer tour, West Coast and Midwest tour. So uh, I thought ah, this could be a good, it'd be quite nice to get Glenn Goyne involved in this and we could maybe do a, a whiskey to coincide with the, the guitar launch and stuff and do something that it would maybe give Glenn Goyne some some, some some more visibility. It would draw some attention to the whole thing and it might be quite funky. So Glenn Goyne, initially when I got in tow with Glenn Goyne four or five years ago, um, they had Smokehead as a sister company to Glenn Goyne. Uh, and they the, the suggested uh, Smokehead, but I couldn't really see past Glenn Goyne, so I just kind of let that fly past me and just kept concentrating with, with Glenn Goyne. Anyway, back in February, March last year, when we were trying to sort of put the stuff in place for the, the launch to the guitar, um, they brought it up again and said, look, you know, you really should look at, we'd like to pair you up with Smokehead because we, we think it's probably a better, you know, a, a brand alignment is a bit more closely aligned with, with me, I guess. And sure enough, I, I, look, I looked through all the Smokehead stuff and it, it, it fitted like a glove. We're both coming from the, the same the same place, the independence, the DIY, the, the like it or lump it, it's not for everybody. Just all, all the values I have in my music were, were pretty much mirrored with, with by Smokehead. And we, we started working a bit together. Um, they were supporting things. I'm trying to give them some visibility. They're giving me some visibility, and all when they, when they saw that this this song actually that's coming out, stick 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 to your guns, which drops on the 17th of April. I had um, it's a bit like the the whiskey trail being my Glen Goyne song. Stick to your guns is actually a Smokehead song, although it doesn't mention Smokehead at all, uh, and it, it could quite easily be about a person as it could be about whiskey. Um, and it's up to up to the listener to decide what the fuck I'm talking about, you know. Right. But yeah. So uh, anyway, I, when I did that, I was I, I wanted to. I messed about with the. I, I like the smokehead skull, and if you see the the, the resonator on that, uh, what direction it is? No, it's that yeah, way. Stick to your guns. Uh, yeah, it's over your right shoulder. Yep. So that 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 sort of design is based on one of my guitars and the, the red bit is kind of like a bit of an abstract smokehead skull. So I thought I'd better run this past these guys, you know, you can't really just take somebody's logo and slap right. it on something. <laughs> so I said, I told them what, what I was doing. They loved the artwork and they loved the song. So they asked if, you know, they, they could help promote it and stuff. So once again, um, and and they also uh, supported last night's live stream. <laughs> That's fantastic. And and Dave, you know, there's two things you touch on here that that I think are important for independent artists to know. For people in general too, there's some lessons in it. Uh, one is the the like it or lump it philosophy that I'm, I'm I love the phrase. Um, this is, you know, this is who I am. This is my story. It might not be for you, but this is who I am. It's a total authenticity. It's, it's you know, having come to know you and, 
as an individual and know you as an artist, both, there's a, a, a tremendous human being there that's a lot of fun to know. And, uh, you know, uh, always just a genuineness. And so that comes across too when you say something like, hey, you know, I might not be, this might not be for everybody, but that's just the way it is. Um, so that's, I think, an important lesson for everybody to know. Your story doesn't necessarily appeal to everybody. And as an artist, if you say, if, if, if I ask somebody, hey, uh, you know, who's this for? And they say, oh, I want everybody to listen. Well, not everybody's gonna listen unless you want to come up with the lowest common denominator, most stale, increasing waves of blandness garbage you can find. Um, I, I looked for more adjectives there, but I couldn't find any. Um, and... <laughs> You know, uh, you know, but if you're really true to who you are and what you're doing as a creative individual, you, uh, you know, you have uh, uh, almost a responsibility to continue to be to be uh, authentic and to be uh, uh, comfortable with the fact that not everybody's going to enjoy what you're doing. And if you want to maintain that kind of creative freedom, you also have to be okay with something that artists are notoriously weird about, and that's making a dollar. The only reason that I have creative freedom is because I have focused on on developing a career around what I do musically. I've never compromised my, my, my art as a result of that. Uh, and thankfully, it's becoming a little more okay. When we were kids, for instance, I remember, uh, what was it, what kids, I mean, I was in my 20s, but uh, I remember when uh, Eric Clapton did a commercial for Michelob and the, the whole rock and roll world went ballistic on him, that sellout and all this kind of stuff. And his response was, I need to pay my bills. What do you want from me, you know? And yeah. uh, you know, I like the beer. So it was like, what's now it's a lot more okay, but people are still a little funny about it. Um, I think it's if you can if you can bring it in and it, 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 it's reflective of your own values and it, it it doesn't go against anything that you stand for, that can be a, a, good, a, a good help. Um, but it's funny what you say about money because last night's live stream, I didn't want to make it a pay-per-view or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I, I, I absolutely had to try and raise some cash. So I wanted to give people the option that if they were in a position to support something and they wanted to, that they could, and it would be much appreciated, but it certainly, you it wasn't expected because I, I'm deeply uncomfortable, um, you know, talking or not talking about money, but just when it comes to money, I mean, I, even when it comes to negotiating gigs, Margaret does all that because I'm, I'm shit at that. I'm too soft, you know, and so when I give it right. Yeah. I just want everybody to have a nice time, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That's I, I have, um, you know, I have a, a collaborator with, on the business end of my, of my things. And then I also have Megan, my wife, was also part of the, the central committee, uh, helping me keep my business on track. Yeah, I'm and I and and I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Uh, should I, you know, I, you know, do this or that? I don't want to. I want to. I want people to enjoy the music and have a good time. But at the same time, uh, the value of what we do is tremendous. And because, like you said, it's uh, earlier, it's so hard for people to understand the nature of our work. And how much work goes into it too? When we get to the stage, ninety-eight percent of the work we it, it was done. We get to the stage that that's the fun part more than any other part of what we do. And most of it, mo a lot of it can be enjoyable, but there's also stuff like you say where it's like oh, I'm no good at, at at negotiating the gigs. I need somebody to do that for me. That's just wisdom, man. That's getting you know knowing that you you know you're I'm I'm worth this much and I should get this much but I'm gonna have somebody else do it so I can be separated from the discomfort of it. Um, you know, <laughs> Precisely. but you know, when, when uh, this whole pandemic shut down Chicago, uh, you know, I, I, had, I had responses like this. Oh, well, Phil, you're gonna have like a whole lot more time to write songs. Oh, cause that's all I'm sitting doing. All I do is sit around all day, write songs. No, there's so trying much. Trying to keep the boat afloat. <laughs> yeah, trying to keep the boat afloat. Exactly, you know. And I've actually been busier in the last 10 days than I was, you know, previous to that because of trying to move everything to the online world. And uh, because I've been gathering up resources for other out-of-work musicians because of the work that I do as a music coach and the work I do with the city of Chicago's uh, Department of Cultural Affairs 
because they've canceled Blues Fest and everything, you know. So when I'm, when I'm part of a committee with them, it's an unpaid gig. Uh, it's just for the year of Chicago music is what it is. And, uh, but their only concern was what can we do for, you know, local musicians. Uh, everybody's all of a sudden out of work. So I've been gathering up resources and things like that, both for myself and, you know, to spread around as much as possible. And yeah. so, you know, because of the nature of the creative person, because, you know, when we're making a career in it, that means we understand the final step is is sharing the music or the, the theater piece or the painting or whatever. Uh, and because of that sharing nature, that giving nature of who we are, we're, in, we're just sort of, you know, in, intuitively lined up when there's, when, when somebody's in need of us. So in times like this, we're, I think, that much more inclined to reach out and use our adapt, our adaptability that comes with being a creative person to go and, 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 hey, what can I do to help other people? But to anybody who's, who, you know, is listening to this or gets around to listening to this or what have you, um, do not hesitate to hit that tip button and please be generous uh, because when the world stops, uh, you know, when everything shuts down like it is, uh, the first things to go are the arts because we have to be interacting with people in order to make a living. So, and I'm glad you did, did the, 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 the live feed uh, the way you did uh, too. And it's good that Smokehead got behind it because that's something companies ought to be doing as well because their company's made up of people, you know? So when they show a, a concern for people, then they're, they're demonstrating that they recognize they're a company of people. Did you, now were people, did you think, do you think people, uh, uh, do you think you do just as well when you say, hey, it's free, but send me, you know, please don't hesitate to, to tip? Uh, it's the first time I've ever done, you know, I've never really run any crowdfunding. I've never done any, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, the patron. Uh, Patronage, Patreon. Patron. Yeah. Uh, I've never, never really done anything like this. With, you know, I, I struggled uh, a little bit at the beginning of the crowdfunding thing because I felt that it just, I did just something I didn't like about it. And then, then somebody quite rightly pointed out that this is it's really just like taking pre-orders. And I kind of warmed to it a little bit, but I just never, I, I just never embraced that. Um, and so doing something where, I guess you, you do a live stream, you're not really getting money for nothing, asking people for money for nothing because they're, they're getting the show. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, uh, a lot of the, the messages I've had from people are people who, you know, were thanking me for doing it because basically they've got bugger out all to do. And, you know, it, 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 was a, it, it was something different for them to watch. It was a bit of a distraction from the, from, from the crisis. So people appreciated it. I, to be honest, I've got nothing to compare it with. That. I, it, it, I was overwhelmed with the, the support, both, you know, in kind and uh, and monetary, uh, I was quite overwhelmed by it, um, and I, I wasn't I wasn't really expecting it. And I didn't know I didn't have any expectations because so I have no idea whether the the softly softly approach giving people the option often often I think you give people an option. People are generally pretty pretty good, and if it's worth stop, if it's worth something to them, they'll recognise it. And, and and fair enough, the people there's a lot of people out there who really are not in a position to to donate. They're, everybody's in the shit together, you know. Yeah, totally. So I, I don't know is the answer to the question. <laughs> well, it, I heard I heard a lot of gratitude there, you know. So uh, I, I I think that's that's the answer right there, isn't it? that you found a comfortable way to do it. You're overwhelmed with the response you got uh, and uh, you're grateful for it. And uh, so I, it sounds to me like everybody wins, you know, because- and, and I guess, you know, the fact that I've spent most of the day writing personal emails to people to thank them, yeah. that, 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 that says it all, you know, without, without saying too much, that says quite a lot. <laughs> 
It does. It says quite a lot about you, Dave, because a lot of people wouldn't bother to, they just go to the bank, you know, they wouldn't bother to write the thank you. And that's a lesson to any musician or artist out there is take that time. Um, well, I could have, was, you know, I could have had a, pulled all the email addresses in, into, into MailChimp or something and done a, a mass email out, but nah, I needed, it needed, it needed, I still haven't you know, responded to uh, messages and comments about the stream in general which I'll, I'll do later on. Um, but the, my, my prime thing was I, I really want to recognize that I, how much I, I want people to know how much I appreciated them supporting and watching, but the, the donations as well. It was, it was quite, yeah, quite humbling. That's outstanding. Um, uh, now let's, let's just move on to uh, your, your background. How, you, how long you've been doing this? What made you start? Um, Arcari is an Italian name, is it not? Yeah, and there's some in Chicago, but they're not related. Um, but the uh, last show I did in Chicago, I did a show at the Montrose Saloon last August, and yeah. uh, uh, there were some Arcaris that are not unrelated, but came along, and uh, That's a guy called Todd Arcari. Who's in Chicago, and we met for the first time, and he brought some folk along. It was nice. So yeah, it's Italian a few generations back. Um, but I, I, I was born in Glasgow. My dad was born in Glasgow in 1908. Uh, his parents had just come from coming to the UK just at the turn of the century, the turn of the last century, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, that's great. And what brought you into to blues? You have an alt rock, alt blues kind of thing going on. Uh, if, if anybody who has not seen Dave Arcari live just simply has to, and that's all there is to it. Uh, it's, it's the alt thing is really a cover up for uh, not knowing what I was doing <laughs> and not being able to do it like anybody else, which at the time was what I saw as a hindrance, but but has become a an absolute blessing because when, I mean I didn't start playing guitar until I was about eighteen or nineteen. I left school, got a job working in a bank, did that for a few years. Then I got a job with a finance company and I was a debt collector for a few, well, not a few years, about a year I did that. And that was pretty shit. That was, but it was a real eye-opener. It didn't sound like and a point, I was starting to get into, into guitars and, and music and stuff. And I had, uh, when I was working in the bank, I bought a guitar and, uh, Start teaching myself Bobby Dylan songs and stuff like that, but none of my none of my mates played, so I had no concept of timing, and I just changed chords when I kind of felt like it. So a few years later, when I jacked in being a deck collector, going to college, you couldn't do music or anything. I mean, if you wanted to do music or music related thing in the UK, you had to go to the conservatoire and do classical music. You needed higher music. You needed exams. You need to be able to read music and have your grades and stuff. It's not like now where you can go to kind of music college and music business stuff and audio engineering and all, all these things. So you, back then you just had to teach yourself. So I bought a Fostec TX15 multi-track and uh, did a lot of busking, went to college, left Glasgow, went to college in the East Coast of Scotland and did a sort communications course uh, which was mostly PR and marketing graphic design shit like that yeah uh, a lot more busking to get through that started my first band and we were talking 30 odd years ago now I can't believe it's so long ago <laughs> um but I didn't really do the full-time thing um full-time solo thing I didn't start doing until 15 16 years ago up until then, I'd uh, been in various bands. I mean, I'd, I spent some time in corporate life um, in communications, internal communications, and also press and media relations and stuff like that. Spent some time working for a PR consultancy. Um, that, that's kind of like my background, journalism, photography, all that kind of stuff. All, all quite useful um, things uh, uh, to employ for your own stuff because, you know, we can't afford to, to hire people, so what you do, you learn to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, and the, the, you're not the first uh, uh, musician I've met who, who's, you know, got his career rolling along and he's running most of the show and who has a, also a background in marketing or you know, PR or communications. Um, those seem, they seem to kind of fall in the place. Oh, my wife, Megan, uh, has studied film and communications in college and she's an actor. We have somebody on my, my label 
uh, which uh, the label's paid for through Patreon. I don't take any money from the artists. It's uh, just a, a service to them. Uh, but we've got a new artist on, on the label and she's from Kenya. Uh, lives here in Chicago and she's studying communications. So you see, you know, and I, I opened for a guy in February who came through on tour. He used to be a marketing guy, you know. So there's a, there's a lot of, and like, like you say, it's very valuable. Those are certainly skills you need. Um, definitely transferable skills that you can use, you know, to, to bolster things up. And uh, so you don't really know what you're going to be doing for a bit uh, until uh, we, you get the, the all clear over there as to uh, public events and things. I, I did see your email uh, that I was responded to and asked you if you wanted to do this. And thank you again for taking your time here uh, with me across the, across the pond, the across the pond cast. Uh, you know, Pleasure. Nice yeah. to be asked to do that. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, you know, and I, I think a lot of people may be busier now just trying to find out how to adjust to things, you know. But you say you're not sure about gigs in May yet and, and that sort of thing. Uh, will you be doing more? Yeah, the US, I mean, certainly a few of the gigs. The big problem we've got, the, the, the biggest problem that this has brought is that we probably spent, Mar Margaret and I basically are like a little cottage industry. Margaret deals with all my bookings and tour management and stuff. And uh, I do all, all the other things, the social media, the design, the photography, the, all my PR stuff's mostly selfies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but so we, we basically invested uh, from December up till now, our time into booking shows that would, when they transpired, would not only bring some income, but would pay back the last few months but of course now we've worked for three or four months for not for no income and there's no income in, in the foreseeable save from last night again which has really saved their ass um but there were some uk shows planned for april they are now i've managed to move them to september i don't know if september is even going to be okay there's a tour of finland and estonia at the end of may beginning of june I suspect we're going to have to reschedule. Uh, there was a USA tour uh, planned um, Midwest in August, and then a East Coast in October. The Midwest tour, have, you know, there's four or five dates for places that we've worked quite hard at building the USA, and it's difficult with the visa costs and everything. And that time is just getting now getting eaten up. Um, and I've managed to pull there's a few shows that were booked for towards the end of August and into September, early September. And uh, it'll break my heart if we have to cancel these. I don't know how easily rescheduled, schedulable they'll be. But it's the same for everyone. It's all up in the air. So luckily I've got this song coming out, this track coming out on 17th of April. And I've got another track, another single scheduled for May. I think I'm going to just have to try and get busy. And I'm the lucky that I've got my own studio facilities here so i can make videos i can you know i can make and produce my own music um so no matter what i can it'll maybe give me the the impetus i'm i'm not the most prolific writer you know I, the last couple of years i've only had a couple of new songs every year i need to get my finger out and just get writing but as you say there's so much to do just keeping the ship afloat trying to keep stay stay in people's stay on stay on the on people's sites and and just keep things ticking over there's a lot a lot to be done behind the scenes so we just need to try and keep that going and uh stick to your guns is the song the the, the single that's coming out friday the 17th of april it is yes all right, right at my 54th birthday is the 12th. I'm, oh. I'm going to celebrate by telling everybody to go buy Dave Arcari's music. <laughs> is that, is that uh, going to be available on uh, uh, all the standard platforms? Is there a particular platform you prefer people to go to? Well, you know, uh, I've, I've, that's an interesting question, actually, because I, I've never spent much time thinking about platforms like Amazon and Deezer and uh, Tidal and all these places, but they, they, are, they are actually quite, when you start looking at your stats from these things, are, they're starting, it used to be that Apple and iTunes was, there was more activity on iTunes than, than all the other services put together. 
but since streaming's really taken hold, it's kind of harder to to tell now. You know, it's hard. You know, they're they're everybody's at it. Um, I think. I mean, for me, I like the. I, I think Apple Music is more potentially more financially in the short term more beneficial, but you know, Spotify really has the ability to help grow things and it has a, a kind of a, probably more of a positive effect albeit not financial so yeah and i don't know what it's like i would say in the uk more people are on spotify than apple apple music i suspect in the states it might be more heavily weighted towards apple music i uh, I'll, I'll add you to I'll, I'll add your single to my record label guilt by association records playlist because that's one thing that we can do is get people to add to, to your playlist right so i add you to that um we're all in this together you know uh now that's become advertising i'm starting to see it's 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 pissing <laughs> off i've been saying that for years we're all in this together but uh, and uh i'll i'll uh, i'll create a link and put it out there uh for apple music to lead people to you and and stuff uh, and, and this is the kind of thing that I, can, I, I will encourage anybody to do. When you find somebody that you enjoy, uh, be sure to share them. Uh, Dave and I are holding our heads up in the middle of all this chaos um, because we don't have a choice. If we curl up in the corner and give up, uh, we're not only doing a disservice to ourselves, we're doing a disservice to the people that depend on the arts. So that's one thing that keeps artists going. But another thing is we get is paying our bills, you know. So if you find somebody's music that you enjoy, please uh, go share it. Don't don't you know? Uh, don't be shy about it. Uh, don't be intimidated by the prospect. Uh, whether or not people like you has nothing to do with whether or not you like the same music. Although music can create bonds across barriers, across borders. Like right now, from Chicago to Glasgow, there's, there's you know, uh, the, the love of music and the bond of music is getting us talking about what can we do. Uh, Definitely. You know? So Dave, uh, what about uh, your website? What's your website? Oh, it's www.davearcari.com. Davearcari.com. Doesn't get any easier than that, except to make sure that people can spell your last name, A-R-C. Well, Problem. <laughs> yeah, A R C A R I. That's right. Dave. Oh, thank you, Dave. It's not D A Y V or anything crazy. It's just Dave. <laughs> Nothing crazy. No. This is a normal part of my name. <laughs> and this will be up on on my podcast, uh, Life Music and the Pursuit of Answers, um, and uh, it will also be up on my podcast, The Working Circle. Um, we've covered uh, information good for both of them. I will uh, take the video uh, from this uh, from our talk here and uh, put it up on my personal Facebook where people are watching my side of the conversation, uh, basically looking up my nose from where my, my phone is sitting. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get this, out, this message out to a lot of people and the message is music saves the world. We're going to keep yeah. it together. We're going to hold it together. And uh, we've got this because of the we in that phrase. Dave, yep, my gratitude for taking your, your, your evening there uh, to spend uh, the beginning of my afternoon with me. And uh, may you all be, you know, Margaret, please be safe and healthy. And, uh, uh, you know, let's hold our head, keep holding our heads up, man. That's all we know how to do, you know. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Right back at you and Megan, and uh, hopefully we'll see you once all this shit blows over. I I, I hope to, and and if it isn't uh, you, when you come here, one of these days we're getting over there. So yeah, uh, you know my mom, my mom's name uh, was Lilius, and uh, she said it's from uh, our, our Celtic background. It's Gaelic of some sort. But uh, we had our great, my great aunt Lilius, my grandma Lilius, my mom Lilius, my sister Lilius, and my niece Lilius. Everybody else in the family. How you doing? Everybody else, all the rest of us, it's Jane, Bob, Tom, Eric, and Phil. But my sister, <laughs> cool, really, so.
Oh, well, uh, they, a lot of them have been over there, but I still, I, 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 I haven't gotten as far as Scotland when I've been over there. And, uh, so, next uh, time, man. Yeah, next time. All right. Peace, brother. Thanks, man. A few years ago, I had the pleasure of playing a show with a guy called Steve Errol. I'd just written a song title track for a new album called Devil's Left Hand. I hadn't played the song live and I uh, decided to play it live for the first time that night in front of two and a half thousand rabid Steve Errol fans. <laughs> and it all went well, he liked it, they liked it, I lived to tell the tale. Nothing to do with your right hand, it's got everything to do with your left. Last night I met an old friend, shook him by the hand. Something strange was happening, he gave me his left hand. When I shook his hand, didn't feel so good. But on his little finger, a broken bottle stood. The devil's left hand. Reached across the sticks I drank all his whiskey And learned some of his tricks Come on! We went into the hallway Dark and dingy place When he turned toward me I didn't recognize his face The devil's left hand Reached across the sticks I drank all his whiskey and learned some of his tricks Well, when the lift door opened, it was way below the ground Just an empty bar room, I didn't hear a sound The devil's left hand Reached across the sticks I drank all his whiskey And learned some of his tricks Well suddenly there's a crowd in It's getting out of control I whipped his ass and told him You'll never win my soul The devil's left hand Reached across the stick I drank all his whiskey And learned some of his tricks The devil's left hand Reached across the sticks I whipped his ass and told him You'll never win my soul Thank you. Thank you.